0: So what keeps you from reaching your goals in life? You could probably cite a laundry list of obstacles that have stood in your way or still stand in your way in some cases. Maybe things like education, money, not enough time, that your station in life has changed in some unforeseeable way. Maybe you didn't have the same opportunities that others did. The list can go on and on and I'm willing to concede that some of these forces, while beyond your control, are true hindrances. So when I was in college, a revolutionary book was published by Stephen Covey called The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. And this book became an immediate bestseller. I remember reading it, talking through its concepts with my peers. In fact, it became uh, reading for coursework while I was in school. It kind of became the Bible for my immediate generation of what a successful life might look like. Now, one of the things that interestingly was not in there was a step on having a good faith life. But I'm not standing here today to ask you about your earthly goals. Now, my question for you is, do you have goals in faith? Now, I have to be careful about that because I don't want this to be a motivational speech. So as a baptized child of God, do you recognize your citizenship is in heaven? Now we say that we trust the Holy Spirit to work through the word of God, that we are called, gathered, enlightened, and sanctified in faith, and we believe in what Jesus says. But I kind of think our saying that has become lip service. The color and breadth and impact of God speaking into our lives, I think, has been greatly diminished, that our selective hearing only grasps the parts that make us feel good, so that we can categorize ourself by our actions and our thoughts and all those things that would make us be good Christians. I think that God speaking is just one of the voices that we allow to speak into our faith life. But I ask today shouldn't it be the only one the word of god is precious it's powerful but in reality just about anything keeps us from listening to it much less hearing it i agree with it when sitting here in the confines of our protective sanctuary box in this time and place but god forbid that i go back out into the world and it guides my mouth my actions and especially how it affects my heart. I surely cannot speak this to others, right? We know, we say, we believe that God provides, and that God provides so generously that we can be generous in every occasion. But do I truly live as though there's enough to share? Having a family, enjoying life in all the ways that the world says that I should and that I deserve, And then turning to support the work of the gospel, looking to the needs of my neighbor, well, it kind of gets spendy. I just don't have time to do it all. Brass tacks, I know which ones get cut. Besides, can't I just throw a little something in the offering plate and things will be fine, right? There are other people to do that work. I really don't have to get involved, do I? I talk a big game about belonging to a church that preaches and teaches the word of gospel in truth, but I really don't have to invite others to hear it, right? When the first wind of opposition comes blowing your way, do you defend the gospel or do you hightail it to a comfort zone? A comfort zone that asks questions like, do differences in teaching really make a difference? Don't we all worship the same God anyway? Well, have I made you uncomfortable yet? Writer Neil Donald Walsh writes, life begins at the end of your comfort zone. So if you're feeling uncomfortable right now, know that this change is just the beginning and not an ending. Sisters and brothers in Christ, grace and peace to you this day from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. So our gospel text from Luke today is part of the travel narrative of Jesus' journey to Jerusalem. It's kind of an interesting text, really. It's set after the Transfiguration, and it gives us some specific insights into what Jesus has turned his gaze to. Now, if you came here today expecting to hear that you have some great potential to make yourself better in some ways through some motivational words, or to have your moral compass reoriented, I am sorry, this is not what Jesus is speaking about today. In fact, if you have truly heard the gospel for today, he's effectively killed your potential for making yourself better. He's telling you, actually, that you are dead, dead in sin. You cannot save yourself, even though you think you can try. And in fact, Jesus tells you this right from the text. You were not willing. When you heard this gospel lesson, you might have been thinking, well, nothing really special happened there. There was nobody cured. There's no demons exercised. There's no profound parable for me to go home and chew on this week. But if you really listen closely to this text, it is a shining example of Jesus' unfathomable love you. Picture it. Jesus has been informed not only that the religious establishment is against him, but that the political powers of the day want to kill him. And to top it off, dear Jesus, you cannot even find safe haven in the holy city. They'll just keep doing what they've always done, killing the prophets. But Jesus knows all of this. But what does he do? He keeps going not the pharisees not herod not even jerusalem all historically and currently hostile towards who jesus is and what he was doing none of it would stop him he knew what lay ahead and he kept going so that on the greatest of all third days he would reach his goal because jesus lets nothing get in the way of what he's come to do for you he will not even let you stand in his way. And that is that he has come to save you. God stops at nothing, not even sacrificing his own son to make you his own. Jesus' death wasn't going to be some sort of sneak attack springing from the hardened heart of Pharaoh or from Herod or some plot and plan of the Pharisees. Jesus' death and resurrection wasn't the end result of some sinister plot that had been brewing for just a little while. It was the culmination of God's salvation story for you. Born from the very heart of God himself. So great is this love, so firm his resolve, so stubborn his feet that Jesus keeps walking and keeps talking and keeps inviting and keeps going until those stubborn feet are nailed to the cross. And his always inviting voice Had been silenced but that's not the end of the story is it for our sins of failing to gladly hear and learn the Word of God Jesus became the Word was the Word and he brought in the will of God into your life for your sins of not wanting to for wanting to hold on to what you have thinking that your work and your stuff is what defines you Jesus gave everything his perfect life on a cross his blood to cover you and his righteousness credited to you as faith for your failure to keep your eyes fixed on Jesus Jesus kept his focus on a murderous city on a cross on Mount Calvary and on an empty tomb and for all your failures to keep your focused on Jesus The author and perfecter of life, Jesus kept laser focus on one thing, and that is saving you. He wouldn't let anything stand in his way. He wanted to show his love. He wanted to show you forgiveness, God's mercy, and to make a promise to you that will always be kept. Do you see what happens when we remember this unbelievable love that led Jesus to the cross? Now, we live in a world where the devil and our own sinful selves wants nothing more than to keep us distracted. The world tells you, well, you're too busy to go to church or to talk about your faith with others or even to read your Bible. The devil whispers into your ear, you'll never amount to anything unless you start looking out for number one. Is there nothing more precious in the whole world than to know that the creator of everything that exists is speaking straight to you now. And with it, you have the certainty of knowing that God is for you in all ways, that he has equipped and empowered you to live out this promise in your life, in this world, every moment of your life. Is there nothing more beautiful, more noble, more true, remembering that you have a savior that wouldn't let anything stand in his way jesus overcame every obstacle king herod the temple the world and above all else even the sinful beating heart in your own chest jesus lets nothing get in his way of saving you believe in this alone this is your righteousness And this is the call of our Lenten discipline. Thanks be to God. Amen.